you've discovered TalkZone.com, the best in Internet talk radio. Welcome back to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Dr. Lauren Fetter, author, author of Natural Baby and Child Care. Just for a brief moment, Keith just told me a very funny joke he made up. That Why don't you say it? Well, um, let's see. What do you call a polar bear? That's taken from the North Pole to the South Pole. Any guesses, Lauren? Hmm. No. A bipolar bear. Uh, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> <That's funny>. uh, <laughs> okay, the, tell us some pros and cons. I read what you said in your book, and I thought it was very well done. I understand you now have a book uh, completely devoted to the vaccine issue. What's yes. that called again? It's called The Parent's Concise Guide to Childhood Vaccination. Yes, and I'll tell you, I would love to get a copy of that, and okay. we would do a um, another show on that. But anyway, briefly, because we'd like to cover some other things, what are the pros and cons of vaccines? Well, there, there are so many, and you know, from our standard pediatrician's point of view, vaccines are the major public achievement in the 20th century um, that they feel is totally responsible for the decline of um, all the illnesses that we've been, you know, fighting over. Uh, the decades. And um, you would agree with that? Well, I would say it is partially, but mm-hmm. one thing that we did note is that many of the illnesses had already begun to decrease in frequency, severity, and the numbers before many of the vaccines were even introduced. Like they had crested, so to speak. Yes, and also as people's um, living situations improved, yes. as sanitation improved and hygiene these illnesses decreased in, you know, the mortality rates as well compared to the 1800s. The, the diet, diet involved there too? It, it, it is. And, you know, of course people could argue, oh, we have a lot more chemicals and additives in our food nowadays. But, you know, we, at least, you know, for a lot of us in the U.S., most of us are not malnourished. And right. so, you know, that's a big thing as well. Right. Malnourishment could, uh, opens the door to a lot of problems. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, going back to the idea of vaccinations is that, you know, the idea of the pediatrician that, you know, it's taken care of uh, all the illnesses. Why, you know, to a parent, why would you even question this? This is minimal. This is not a big deal. Yes, I do recognize that there's some risk, but uh, they are harmless compared to the risk of the actual illness. That is your typical mentality you know, from the standard point of view, and they think that if we, you know, even question a shot, that we're just um, over the top. And many of my patients have actually been fired by their doctors for wanting to ask questions, wanting to say, you know, I'm not sure if I want this particular shot. I'd like to wait. And um, it's been a, a real struggle for many, many parents because the issue is not black and white. Um, and a lot of people are against the fact that they think it's compulsory or compulsory, and of course that shifts from state to state. I'm from the state of California, uh, and here you can actually have an exemption. You do not need shots to go to school, and many parents uh, are beginning to opt for that. Uh, Some of my parents uh, will actually pick and choose certain shots and say, you know, I want to be selective on this, and some parents just want to do what the routine is, but let's face it, the idea is the shots Sounds very good on paper. We're here to imitate nature. Let's uh, give you an injection, stimulate the body to produce antibodies, 
and that will protect you if it, you come across this in the future. That sounds fine, but, you know, typically when God, if I can say that word, uh, gives you an illness, you get one illness at a time. And if we want to mirror nature, let us consider, if you do want to vaccinate your child, consider spacing out your shots, doing them more like one at a time when you can separate them. Give them a chance to build up everything properly without just being taxed from overwhelmed. Absolutely. And, you know, if you look at the routine immunization schedule in the States, a child typically could get up to eight bacteria or viruses being injected. Uh, that doesn't mean necessarily eight jabs at, the, at one time because they do combine the shots. Yes, they but do. But it would be several jabs. And I just think if we want to really respect the human body and the immune system, let's take our time with this. Let's face it out. Well, there's two other issues also. One is that we're not introducing the vaccine the way Mother Nature does, through the nose, through the mouth. We're injecting it straight into the body. Correct. Number two, there's mercury in these. and Some of them, yeah. Many of them have had mercury. And aren't you suspicious that mercury is maybe part of the cause of, like, ADD and autism? Well, let's, there's two, two questions here. I'll start with the first one. Um, the idea that a shot, is, it's an artificial immunity. You were talking about uh, the mercury in the vaccines. Yes, and the second point is the idea of mercury in the vaccines. A lot of people nowadays will argue that most of the mercury is taken out, and uh, that's probably true. We actually do give shots in the office for my patients who do want to vaccinate. Uh, because I serve the community, and um, some people vaccinate and some don't. Yep. Uh, and just, uh, it's not a secret, it's in my books and whatnot. Uh, although my boys have never had a vaccination, I have two sons, they're 10 and 14 now, um, I don't impose what my husband's and my choice was on others. Yes, uh, but, but you course, chose not to. Uh, correct, we chose not to. But when we go to purchase shots, um, from the vaccination companies, we often do have a choice of mercury-free or trace mercury or what you would call called thimerosal, which contains uh, part mercury. But one thing I, I do want to add is that mercury is not the only celebrity in the vaccination. There's many, many other additives that are toxic to the body. So a lot of people want to place a lot of importance on that. Um, and going back to your question, um, mercury toxicity uh, mimics a lot of the problems that we are having with our kids now, lacking attention, the attention deficit disorder, the hyperactivity, tics, um, and even autistic-like qualities. Isn't, so, um, isn't, isn't there just some part of you, given who you are, that is amazed that these companies are putting this stuff into our kids? Isn't yes, and I, I think even I'm sometimes more amazed what people will tolerate. Yeah. Um, as far as, and I, I really kind of withhold my own personal judgments. I think I have an understanding that if, in order to produce these vaccinations, it has to have, probably has to have these additives and preservatives and uh, not to mention cell lines from different species as well um, in, in this, um, I, I suppose, in order to make that. I'm not, you know, a scientist. I'm not in the lab. I'm not making it. Yes, I understand. Um, and in my second book, The Parents' Concise Guide to Childhood Vaccines, we actually go into a full list, which I took down 
from the Center for Disease Control and really went through the list. My publishers asked me to, and it was painstaking to see that, you know, there would be products in there that are really not meant at all for human consumption. Right. And let alone it's going directly into the bloodstream. So well, I, that's some scary stuff, isn't it? I don't think it's malicious. I think they're trying to make something that works, but then they're not considering other uh, aspects of our health. I, I mean, I agree as well. And and do you wonder also if um, some of these additives, in addition to a poor diet, are not causing some of this ADD and autism more than not? I, I'm sure it absolutely contributes to it. There are a lot of people that are putting their children on specific diets, um, and it really is specific to the child. Yeah. Right. Finding yep. that kids are having, you know, very positive reactions. Also, we have to remember there is lactose, there is sucrose, milk, sugars, and sugars in the vaccinations, and people are wondering, is this also contributing to this hypersensitivity um, to uh, food in our diet? You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. We are your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time, Monday through Saturday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern, right here on CRN. Our guest today, Lauren Fetter, M.D., author of Natural Baby and Child Care. You know, I just want to put this in uh, a, a a handful of my clients were the only ones that had children with ADD, you know, really off the charts ADD problems, attention deficit. And um, when we traced through many things, it looked like it came from, it could have been supported by many things, but in all these cases that I worked on for about 15 years, it was the parents were doing drugs when they were conceiving the child. Mm, very interesting. Yeah, isn't that something? Yeah. Could I add something about um, birth as well? Sure. Um, and also the idea of pregnancy. The womb is no longer a safe place. <laughs> it's being poked. It's being prodded. We're doing ultrasounds. We're finding that ultrasounds are um, might have some side effects. So I would caution with the overuse of ultrasounds. Like what? You mean once a month is a little bit overkill? Uh, yes, I think it is. And um, maybe once a week is maybe a bit much? <laughs> when, <laughs> I was, when I was pregnant, I personally chose not to have any ultrasounds because, you know, I had ultrasound on my knee years ago, and it was very uncomfortable. And I know that, for example, history can repeat itself. And they used to x-ray people a lot and found out, you know, there are side effects to this. They gave pregnant mothers thalidomide and found out that this causes birth defects. Could ultrasound have also side effects? And there was finding that there's some information about cell replication, and when a baby is, their ultrasound is done in utero, that baby's hand goes up. It is, you know, a shock to the senses. So, so I'm encouraging people to avoid, you know, the fun Kodak moments, and if you feel you absolutely need it, Fair enough. This is one thing we do have in the 21st century. But let's face it, our ancestors did, you know, did fine for the most part without ultrasound. So when you had it on your knee, what was uncomfortable about it? I felt, I felt it was so unnatural feeling. Very uh, you know good. what it that's was like? Good. It was nails going down a chalkboard. Very that's, good. That's what it felt yeah, like. And that's what you're, you're doing right, with yeah. your baby. That's very good. I'm really glad you brought that up. Yeah. Some very provocative information coming out from Dr. Sarah Buckley, 
uh, if you wanted to do a search online, um, I find her information as a physician and a holistic mother very interesting. Um, With ultrasound? Yes. Okay. And uh, I bet you like water births? Um, I, you know, I'm very supportive of it. I, Even though I had both my boys at home, I didn't choose it, uh, although I think I was in the tub for a while. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, a lot of mammals, or, you know, in, in our kind of uh, species line, don't necessarily go into the water to have a baby. And it didn't feel natural to me, although a lot of people have a very strong connection with water, and I'm very supportive of it. I just personally Mm -hmm. uh, didn't do it myself. Uh, Good. Now, I'm running a bit out of time, and there's a couple more things I'd like to do. You mentioned in your book that you encourage uh, children under the age of two to not even know what a TV is. Can you talk yes. about that a moment? Yes, I. You know, it's we want to stimulate a child's imagination. We want them to, you know, notice things. And television is very addicting, and it's almost kind of uh, magnetizing. And you know, kids tend to lose interest in other things. It can, you know, disrupt even, you know, the meal time. I definitely uh, don't appreciate people watching television while they eat. It's it's not good for digestion. So we like, you know, a lot of my parents actually might use a, a little bit of television here and there, but it's thoughtfully chosen, usually, you know, with some type of DVD. Um, and we want to minimize, you know, sitting in front of the television because, you know, as you mentioned earlier, childhood, you know, forms foundations for the future. Yep. And um, television is a big problem with our teens lately, yep. uh, big cause of obesity. It promotes eating of junk food. You're less, uh, you're more uh, sedentary, and um, you know it's better to be outside. And there's a, a a lovely quote about you know children these days have a nature deficit disorder. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> right. Know, very, that's right. It is understandable because if you do live in the city, it's not like when we were kids where we went out and played. Yes. Honestly, I don't feel comfortable with my kids, you know, when especially when they were smaller, going out alone the way we did. Yeah. And so it does pose a problem for parents. So, yes. so if you get away from the TV and things like that, and you actually can get more interaction in life, what gives you more life? Yes, absolutely. Every day you get more life. Yeah, it's not to say that we don't watch TV in our family, and and sometimes we'll you know rent a family movie and whatnot. My kids are a little bit older. I've had to give them a longer leash with the television and Wii games and whatnot. I am a mother of moderation. <laughs> you know, I admit it. So. Yeah, moderation in all things kind of thing. Yes, yes. Right on. We've got here about um, uh, 30 seconds before break. Any comments on scheduled cesareans? Um, well, I'm not a routine person. And, you know, again, if we can have a vaginal birth... And that includes, includes a vaginal birth after cesarean, also known as a VBAC. I highly encourage it. It's important for a baby to go through the birth canal. It's yep. very good for their lungs. And it's almost like a, a sponge is being wrung out, and it's a cleanser as well. It's important, and that's why we're called descendants, to descend down the birth canal. Yeah, I Perfect. bet we have no idea the value of what that does for us. We just don't know yet. No, we don't. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today, Dr. Lauren Fetter, author of Natural Baby and Child Care. We've got more after the break. Stay with us.